Scott, we're back again. Yes. We're back again. Better than ever, we used to say. I don't know. I, if we're better than ever, but we're here. We are here. We, we know we're getting older. At least yes, that, that's, that's right. in, in play. So I'm Stan. And I'm Scott. And we're delighted that you're joining us once again as we, we're in Luke's gospel, have been for some time, but it's been good to journey in Luke. It has been, Stan. And it's kind of fun to do these podcasts. Stan and I were saying before we went on that it feels more conversational. So we kind of hope that you feel like you can join in the conversation by listening. I even had, I think, two people come up to me Sunday at ZPC and talk about that they were listening. We always appreciate that. And if you ever have any questions or thoughts, feel free to email us or, or whatever you want to do or come say hi on a Sunday. So it'd right. be great. Yeah, yeah, very much so. So yeah. and we've well we've we've and we've been at this almost three years. Almost three years, three That's years right. next month. And have consistently said that it is, uh, it's uh, it's enjoyment for us. Uh, mm-hmm. um, yeah, there's a uh, there's a richness that begins to come as we share with one another. So. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, I want to pray, okay. and then I think you're going to give us a little overall yeah. context for for where we are in Luke chapter seven, and then we'll we'll deal with an incident with John the Baptist. Mm-hmm. So I just said I was going to pray, right? That's right. Okay, yeah, I, yes, better, I better do it. Okay, Lord, again, we thank you for opportunity to to read, to think, to share, to hear your words, that they may be applicable to us, even these not only centuries but millennia later. So, as we talk, as we think. Um, Please guide us in our sharing, and may we learn from you. Mm-hmm. This we humbly ask in your name. Amen. Good, good. Thank you. And again, you, I'm going to be looking at our notes uh, that Stan writes, and then I kind of add to each week. And those should be where you click on the podcast in the, uh, in the email that comes to ZPCers on Saturday morning. It should also be on the website, Stan and Scott Podca- Podcast. And then there should be a place for you to click the notes so you can follow along in the notes. Um, so overall context, we're just going to do chapter 7 and 8. But as we said last week, we're entering a new time here in chapters 7, 8, up through 9, 10, and 11, this kind of chunk of Luke we did a long time on, Luke 1 through 6. And as we, as we said last week, as we entered chapter 7, we saw that Jesus had finished the, uh, the Sermon on the Plain, and now he enters Capernaum. So we see a new time here. He's back home again. He's back home again. And we're seeing Jesus... Uh, relating to individuals and really living out the Sermon on the Plain. He's living these things out. He's, he's as you said, he's, 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 walk, he's walking the walk and talking the talk. How about walking the talk? How about that? He's doing both. And he's they're, doing both. They're fully consistent one with the other. Exactly. Um, so first we see him in Chapter 7, again, a, a summary, healing the centurion. It was a Roman centurion. Uh, he had 100 people under him. He understands authority. And so he shows great faith. I think the Greek word we talked about last week was pistis, uh, for you're, faith. You're right. right. I saw yeah. that. was one of the words you pulled up, but it's there. And so we see that in, in Romans 7. We see him raise the widow's son. Uh, it could be a foreshadowing of his own mother Mary when mm-hmm. he will die and be raised from the dead. And she's mourning him, and yet he, he rises up. He, he sets up and is alive. And then what we're going to talk about today, uh, near the end of chapter 7, is John's question to Jesus, and Stan will get into that in just a minute. And then um, a woman 
who love Jesus. And uh, I believe that's for next week, isn't it? Yes, it yeah. is. Yep. And that is where she'll um, shed tears, crying. She will break a jar of perfume. It's a, it's a powerful passage. And then he rebukes the host. Uh, in in essence, he really does. That's yeah. very true. Yeah. Yes. Uh, says what he didn't do, exactly. what she's doing. All right, chapter 8. There are women who follow Jesus. This is in verses 1 through 3, and they follow him to support him, to support the ministry. Uh, pretty remarkable, and so I think unique there. A couple of parables, the parable of the seed there in chapter 8. Who is Jesus' family? These are the people who hear God's word and practice it, which, again, I think is, is radical because he doesn't say it's necessarily his own blood family. It's the people who exactly. hear Jesus' oh. word and puts them into practice. Yes. And we'll, yeah. I'm sure when we get there, we'll talk about what that might have meant to Mary. Yeah, probably hurtful. Don't you think? I would think so. Yeah. Yep. Jesus calms the sea, one of Jesus' very famous miracles. I remember prob- I, was, I was working in some children's ministry. Gosh, this is 25 years ago or so um, in, in a summer job before I ever came to ZPC. Oh, it's almost 30 years ago then. And, uh, oh, you're not that old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> and that Jesus calmed the sea. It's it's a great story to tell kids to talk about the authority and the miraculous power of Jesus. So. Well, and then you're hitting that again, that word authority, and maybe that takes us right back to the, what was going on with the centurion, mm-hmm. and that much of what's going on here in these incidents is uh, has to do with Jesus' authority. Yes, you're right. And finally, near the end of chapter 8, the Gerizine demoniac who is healed, this demon-possessed man who is healed by Jesus, and Jairus' daughter and another woman. There is a dead girl that Jesus heals and then a sick woman. And near the end, Jesus says, your faith has healed you as the woman, after the woman touches him and, and shares that she had faith in him to, to heal him. And Stan, again, I thought it was great when we were talking off camera before we came on, I'll just say it again, that, that this is really Jesus living out the Sermon on the Plain. He's relating to people directly and living out what he taught, what we read, what he taught, yep. especially chapters 5 and 6. Yep. So, no, I, okay. I couldn't agree with you more. So today, we're in. if you're looking along in your Bible at home, chapter 7, starting at verse 18. So 18 through 35, it's a, good, a fairly good chunk. But in verses 18 to 20, um, John is, is now in prison. Yeah. Um, and John's hurting. Um, he probably knows that his days are numbered. He believes that he was called to go before, as in we read in Isaiah, you know, prepare the way of the Lord. And he identified or recognized that Jesus was that one, or at least thought so, at the baptism. And now he's in prison, and he's hearing what John, what what Jesus is doing, and it doesn't, it doesn't gel. Mm-hmm. He's struggling with what he's hearing, and so he sends two of his disciples to Jesus and and asks, "Are you the one?" And I think the subtext to that is, "Did I make a mistake?" Mm-hmm. Okay, which would be devastating from John's perspective. Yeah, he's he, in prison, right? And he's he, in prison. He, he could die here. Exactly. So, yeah. And most likely he, he knew that his days were numbered. And mm-hmm. um, and so did I, was I wrong? Mm. Because you're not doing what Messiah should be doing. Mm. And it has much to do with living the law and, uh, and doing it well and rightly. So... Um, so when those disciples come to Jesus, then in verses 21 to 23, we get Jesus' first response 
and, and Luke narrates for us of what was happening. So Jesus says, oh, now go back to John and tell him what you're seeing. So the blind are seeing, the lame are walking, mm-hmm. the dead are being raised. So tell John what's going on. And I think that, that there are shadows here, um, or allusions here, if you will, to uh, Isaiah 35, where, which mm-hmm. is very much a messianic passage. Mm-hmm. And we, we did that, oh, I don't know, when we... Sometime. I, sometime. I don't remember when. No, I don't. Anyway, but but very much the language there in, in Isaiah 35 is, is in a sense, what, what Jesus is alluding to. Um, tell John what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. And this should trigger some things in John of, okay, then he is doing what Isaiah saw. Right. So would even John expect the Messiah, and we have, we have a smart audience here who's listening, uh, I think, would, they, would, would John even expect though, the Messiah to be what the other people expected to be, to be a, to be a leader, a military leader, that kind of thing, or, or not necessarily? Probably not necessarily. It depends okay. if he comes out of the Essene background. Okay. And, and so they were looking for a, a righteous, and that's going to be a righteous person. Okay. And so, again, how do you determine what is righteousness? Well, it has much to do with living rightly, both among others and with God. Okay. And yeah. so there, there is much, it is much on that side of things as opposed to a popular view that Jesus was going to come in and mm-hmm. destroy the Romans mm-hmm. and give, you know, the idea of a king, which he mm-hmm. was, mm-hmm. but not the king they wanted. And so, and it's a very similar kind of thing for John here. Mm-hmm. Was Jesus righteous? I would argue yes, but not the kind of righteousness that John thought okay, good. should be operative. Yeah, that's a good uh, difference there. Thank you. So tell John what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. But then notice, then Jesus comes back and says, but happy is the one who's not offended by me. Mm. And um, uh, I don't know now or later on. I mean, that's that word, scandalizo. You and I talked about that a little bit. Yeah. Happy is the one who is not scandalized by me. Mm -hmm. Um, And and the the word uh, scandalizo is the verb. The scandalon is is the the noun, which it talks about something you trip over. Okay. And makes sense in our world. We will talk about a scandal. Okay. Something people have tripped over, and it's a mess, or it's, mm-hmm. it's cata- catastrophic, or something really bad happens. Right, right, okay. And so there's a scandal. Um, okay. And so Jesus is saying, you know, in reference to John, you know, happy are those who are not scandalized by me. Okay. Which suggests that there might be things Jesus would do that could cause some of us to stumble. Would you say, so we, we read earlier in Luke, not too many weeks ago, about um, uh, Jesus healing on the Sabbath, Got his it. disciples eating on the Sabbath. Yep. That's breaking the law, yep. right? Yep. Okay. And we should not, I mean, I, I think my tendency, being a good Protestant, I suppose, 
But my tendency <clears throat> is to say, oh, come on, you guys. But at what moment, though, do you begin to say, well, no, wait a minute. Where is this law applicable and where is it not? And how are you to determine? Mm-hmm. And it becomes, you know, it becomes more of a uh, sticky question than sometimes mm-hmm. we allow. Um, and, I, I, well, you and I have talked about this, you know, how well do I keep the Sabbath? Right, right, yeah. Uh, not very well for me. <laughs> I wasn't. Uh, oh, you weren't asking me to say I that on camera. Okay, uh, on no. camera on on podcast. Yeah, whatever we're on. Whatever we're on. I wonder today. You know, we. Uh, gosh, I don't want to get us too off track, but um, you know, people used to think it was scandalous if a pastor would wear uh, blue jeans, you know, or a, a sweater and get up and preach. That's scandalous. Now I think that's more the norm. And, and, and really there are no laws about right. what a pastor right. would wear, but people had that feeling that that was scandalous. You know, well, so. and how do you determine what is respectful? Right. And some of that is cultural, or maybe much of it is, but how do you, you know, that's, mm-hmm. well, what is respect? How do you show respect? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um you know, maybe, uh, and, you know, cultures, I think, swing back and forth. They maybe do, the yeah. day, day will come when our grandchildren will say, you know, this is getting too casual. The pastor is in a swimsuit something? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe not, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we won't. But anyway, all right. So then Jesus has a second response to what's happening with John the Baptist, which um, he directs it now to the crowd about him. Mm-hmm. And so then he begins to talk about John, and, then, and some of this is quite telling. Um, but he raises the question, well, what did you expect when you came out to observe or to see John? Um, and the word there, see, is, is our, the, oh, we had talked about that earlier, mm-hmm, but it's mm-hmm. a word from which we get theater in, okay. in English. So what did you expect to see? And then Jesus raises these, you know, did you expect to see somebody dressed finely? Did you, right. you know, and, uh, and of course the answer is no. That's not what we were expecting. Did you expect a prophet? Yes, indeed, you expected a prophet. But then the kick where Jesus says, uh, no one born of woman is greater than John the Baptist, mm-hmm. but the least in the kingdom of God is greater than John. Mm. Whoa. That's, uh, I feel like that's kind of mysterious there. How so? Well, it's a, it's a dichotomy. These things don't seem to quite go together. No one, there is no one greater than John, yet the one who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. So how is it that there is no one greater than him and yet the least born in of the woman. kingdom? Born of woman. Yep. Okay. Which would suggest that getting into the kingdom of God is not necessarily a biological phenomenon. Okay. That's in part. I'm not trying to dismiss yeah, yeah. what you're saying. But who in the who then is the least of the kingdom of God that's greater than John? Well, any of us that are in Jesus' kingdom, right? Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah I mean, it's radical. Mm-hmm. Um, probably in that day, John was more popular than Jesus. Mm-hmm. This is quite a statement to those who are listening to Jesus saying, you know, John is great. No, in fact, nobody greater. But in the kingdom of God, the least mm-hmm. is okay. greater than like John. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and and so there's there there is this recognition that that Jesus and John are not at this juncture now on the same track. Remember back in in chapter three where um, John is you know proclaiming a, a message of baptism for the repentance of sin, and then mm-hmm. talks about there's one coming after me who's greater than I am, and I'm not worthy of so forth. Um, but at that moment, I mean, it seemed that, that John and Jesus were on the same path. Well, mm-hmm. here, no. John's in prison. He's asking, are you the one? I mean, he's, he's bringing a standard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Jesus, you don't seem to be fitting up to my understanding of what should be. Mm-hmm. Did I make a mistake? Mm-hmm. And Jesus comes back and says, well, John is great, but in the kingdom of God, the least is greater than John. Mm, okay. okay. And so then he begins to set up a, a further, I don't know if parable is quite the right um, language to use, but, but he begins then, and Jesus begins in verses 31 to 35 to mm-hmm. say, well, what is this generation like? And he alludes to, no doubt, a common scene in a marketplace where you will have children, and they're sitting, and they're playing, and they're yelling back and forth to one another. Um, and, and what is being set up is, in my mind, is what we might call a double bind. Okay. What is the children are saying, well, we, we, we danced and we played for you, yep. and you didn't dance. So we then decided to mourn and cry and, and weep, and you didn't weep. And so it's kind of like, we can't make you happy. Right. You know, you're you're not willing to dance. You're not willing to mourn. And then, then Jesus applies that to the, really to the religious leaders and probably to John, mm-hmm. in some regards. Okay. But then says, "All right, John came, and he's obeying the law, you guys, and you don't like him. You say that he's filled with a demon. So I come along. The Son of Man comes along, and I will eat." with sinners and relate to sinners and prostitutes and others that you think are lowly, and you say that I am a glutton and a wine-bibber. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's the double bind. Well, which, which do you want? Do you want John or do you want me? Yeah. The one who obeys the law, but you say he's crazy, he has a demon. Yep. Or the one that you think doesn't obey the law because he's eating and drinking with tax collectors and sinners. He's a glutton or a drunkard. So there's no win, right? It's exactly. A bind, no it, exactly. What he sees in that. And mm-hmm. there is, mm-hmm. you know, you and I are very familiar <laughs> with that adage that uh, you can tell a person by the company that he or she keeps. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's in part what's going on. Well, look at who Jesus is with. And we will see that next week as there is a woman and you oh, you've yeah, spoke yeah. of it. So we've got similar kind of stuff going mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there is this um, this tailing line that that I, earlier I shared with you. I thought I had some insight into it, and I'm not going to... On verse 35? Yeah, verse 35. and I'm not... Yep. On this occasion, I'll have to ponder that some more or whatever. But Do you want to read it? Do you want me to read it? Go ahead and read okay. it. Verse 35. But wisdom is proved right by all her children. Yes. 
Our wisdom is justified by her children. Mm. Um, I'm going to have to... Okay. I, I don't think I'm going to come up. I didn't earlier, Scott. And, um, but we've got, we certainly have the idea that we've got children in the marketplace. And so what is the wisdom of these children? Well, it sounds like the wisdom. They're also putting a double bind on you didn't dance joyfully, so we played a dirge, and then you didn't cry. Well, which is it? What do you want me to do? Feels a little bit like to me. In the no, I think you're on 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 onto it. Um, and I apologize for not. Uh, no, it's okay. I don't apologize. But I will. I do think it's a mysterious saying. Well, and there are no doubt those who have pondered this <laughs> much better than I have at this moment, but. Uh, wisdom is justified by her children. We'll let it go. Okay, we'll let it go. I, I'll let it go. And I'll, if you're listening to us, and you may be able to come back and say, well, well, Stan, it's really, don't you get it? This is what's going on. <laughs> Which I would be very happy for, for that to, yeah. to occur. Well, that kind of finishes our, uh, we'll let that hang a little bit. Yep. Uh, our our both our overall and then the view of, of this passage for this week. Um, Stan, walk us through a couple of these <clears throat> key words and thoughts before our questions. Okay. Well, I, I did um, just to, to highlight that we, we talked about um, the, the verb to see, which is, mm-hmm. we talked about theater and scandalizo, to offend. Yeah, like uh, scandal. Yeah, we've we've got John's messengers coming, his disciples, that's your word, angelos, from which we get angel, Yeah, and angels are messengers. I did put down the word Pharisee, and we don't know exactly where this word comes from, Mm -hmm. uh, where it's derived, uh, its derivation, but it may well have something to do with with the idea of being separate, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's probably in place. We've got our word for wisdom, that's Sophia. Mm-hmm. Sophia is justified by her um, by her children. And then the word uh, daimonion is the word for demon. Yeah. So. It's interesting that that word for wisdom, Sophia, has become a, a common woman's name. It's true. Say, yeah. So, yeah. That's true. It probably has been for a long time. I would think you, for a long time. Uh, yeah. yeah. Very true. Yeah. Okay. All right, so um, a lot going on here, a lot with John the Baptist, mm-hmm. and then the understanding of that, Jesus' understanding, Jesus' response to, to uh, John's people, who will take it back to John, and then Jesus' response to the, the religious leaders. So um, I'll read a question, then how about you read the second set of questions? Okay, all right? sounds good. So what was John's role as a prophet? What was John's role as a prophet? And then... Do you think John the Baptist was offended by Jesus? If so, what was Jesus' offense? Have you ever been offended by Jesus? Why? Mm. What would you think that is Jesus' offense to John the Baptist in this passage? I think John probably had great difficulty with uh, who Jesus was hanging out with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You no, know, those are not, those are not righteous people. Okay, those are sinners. Yeah, and so when Jesus comes back strongly, in response, that could have been offensive. But both the people he hung out with, and maybe perhaps his strong response. 
That would be in play. He's also clearly relating to Gentiles. Yeah, okay. That yeah. doesn't quite fit. They're the enemy. Mm, okay. Um, okay. I mean, even if we go back to, to Malachi okay. uh, chapter 4, there's that sense that the, the Gentiles will receive their due judgment. Oh. So how is it that now Jesus is relating to yeah. these folks? Yeah. That is relating to people like you and me. Yeah, that doesn't, it doesn't, for, from John's perspective, it's not adding up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. When Messiah comes, there's going to be judgment, and it, the Gentiles will be judged. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think Jesus certainly, and the, your final question, have you ever been offended by Jesus? I mean, I think Jesus certainly is, uh, he stirs the pot, he's, yep. he's radical, yep. e- even from things that, that we would say and, yep. and think. So it's it's a challenge, yep. right? I mean, I could be no doubt as we were there before with John the Baptist. John can offend. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's a directness there. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, good. Um, time to finish up today. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week, and then. Um, and that's yeah. a promise, right? Yeah, we'll be back next week. <laughs> Where uh, in my study Bible it says a sinful woman anoints Jesus' feet. So look forward to that great passage starting at Luke seven verse thirty six. All right, let me pray. Pray us out. Thanks God again for being with us. You say where two or three are gathered, you are here with us. And so God, we know that you're with us even through the gift of technology. So God, we ask that you help us again to take this word about Jesus, who Jesus is, uh, as he even talked about. Uh, quoting or maybe not a direct quote from Isaiah to to heal the sick and to raise the dead and to care for those who are hurting. Help us to take that into our own lives and to understand it even more that we might follow him. Help us to have a great week in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. See you next time. Yep, good to be together.